Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado, and the home of Grace FM Radio Network and the home of Calvary Live. That's what you're listening to, Calvary Live. And we're taking your calls and questions, 303-690-3000. That's the way the show works. Get on the air. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. It's uh, it's more of a ministry show than it is a Bible answer uh, question show. Uh, and uh, you can certainly answer Bible questions, but but we're really wanting to minister the gospel. We're wanting to minister hope and healing and pray together and encourage one another in the things of the Lord. So if you have just turned your radio and you've just found Grace FM you've or on one of our affiliate stations, Hope FM, a radio network that covers all throughout uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, all the way up into, uh, let's see, New Jersey, uh, or if you're in Truth FM, Tennessee, North Carolina, uh, Kentucky, um, a couple stations in California. Of course, everyone listening online at gracefm.com, our free app. Go grab it. Be encouraged in the Lord. Uh, it's available for free in any app store. 303-690-3000 is the number. Lines are always open in the beginning of the show, so give us a call. Text me directly. You can text. A, we have a dedicated personal text line just for the show. It's active during the show, 720-336-0897. And you're going to hear this from time to time, uh, definitely, but we're asking uh, that you guys that listen... And benefit from Grace FM, would you help us finish the year strong by a year-end donation of any size? You'd be surprised what God can do when he multiplies even what might be considered the smallest amounts or even large amounts. Uh, we have a brand new giving portal that we just opened and it's ready to be used. You can do it right on the app, hit donate, or go to gracefm.com and hit the donate button. And it's very easy. You can set up a recurring gift uh, but help us finish the year strong as we launch into the new year uh, with some prayer requests and things that we want to do as a station. Uh, remember, Grace FM is a church-owned radio station. Uh, it's not a corporation. We don't have outside funding. Uh, it is solely um, overseen by Calvary Church here in Aurora. Uh, and of course, I always, so, so go to gracefm.com, gracefm.com, uh, and hit the donate button. And of course... Um, of course, we. I always want to encourage you that if you're listening to this show on Hope FM, then go to the Help FM website. If you're listening to this show on Truth FM, then go to the Truth FM website and support your local Christian radio. There's no more local Christian radio than a station owned and operated by a local church as an outreach. And it is a tremendous step of faith for a station to go on the air through a church and and just really, you know, 
provide dedicated worship in the Word all day, every day. And so your help at the end of the year would go a long way. We're not K-Love. As many of you are familiar with K-Love that have regular praise-a-thon type events that raise literally millions of dollars. We aren't like that at all. So uh, go to gracefm.com. And and I don't have um, uh, any reservations in encouraging you and asking you to partner with us because you're not giving to Grace FM, you're actually giving through Grace FM, where fruit will go to your account. So do it. Become a partner and join up with us and be encouraged in the Lord. Every little bit and every large bit goes toward the gospel all day, every day. You listen to the station, so you know uh, what God does. 303-690-3000. We're going to launch right off into our calls. Um, Kimberly is calling from Inglewood, Colorado. Kimberly, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, um, so I have my son. He was just diagnosed with a genetic defect, and okay. um, the doctors basically said there's no cure for it. It's genetic. We can give him medicine every day till he's like 20, and really, we just need to help his body, his bones grow. So okay. I saw. I, I prayed a lot about it. Um, and I actually found a doctor who does more natural medicine. Okay. And she, she's she been working with him, and everything's been going good so far. And then yesterday I went into her office, um, and she had just put up a picture in her office of, like, a piece of artwork. It's kind of cartoonish, but it's a witch with potions. So I didn't say anything to her um, because I was kind of caught off guard, but that puts me in a tough spot because the Bible says to have nothing to do with witchcraft. Sure. And this doctor, on the other hand, says, yeah, absolutely, I can help him. Um, And she broke it down, um, looked at his... She didn't do anything that I felt was strange. We, You know, we looked at his blood talked about his blood work his we did a hair test to see his minerals and how his minerals and vitamins and everything are so i didn't think that was strange but just that picture okay i'm kind of in a tough spot now well as i'm sorting out what you're sharing you know first of all it doesn't sound like what she's doing in caring for your family has anything to do with witchcraft at all Mm -hmm. and so the next step would be to have a real good dialogue with her uh, about yeah. the picture, and yeah. and and really, I, I think I don't. So, so I want to be clear. I don't think you are doing this, but I I want to talk to the broader audience and say uh, one of the mistakes that can be made in a situation like this is that we overreact, right? And and we're immediately offended, and then we start running with the idea. And and I like how you've paused. You notice something. Uh, you begin to analyze how your child was cared for, how your boy was. Is it, did you say your son? Yes. Yeah. Uh, how your son's being cared for, and and you're in that realm, and and I, I think even I don't think you're in as big of a dilemma as you think you are. I think it's just a good mm-hmm. conversation to have, and then once that it's an open door to to talk about this picture, talk about faith, talk about your belief in Jesus Christ, your belief in the Bible, like like 
once that conversation will give you more information, then you'll really know if you're in the dilemma that you think you're in. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, um, using it as an opportunity to talk to her. Because um, I'm sure it's just, I, well, I know a lot of people can get into this new age stuff where, oh, natural sure. medicine, and then they get into crystals and the occult stuff like that. Yes. So I, I, I just wasn't sure. I didn't want to. And that's why the discussion yeah. with your doctor, with this particular doctor, is going to be very important. Because, you know, we're in this world. We're not of this world. So, you know, for example, around Halloween, we go into the supermarket. We go to Safeway. In our town, it's King Supers. And there's witch stuff all over the store. Yeah. Uh, but we don't associate some witch coming in and blessing all the food in the store. Um and and we because we have to make some and so we avoid it you know we don't buy it we don't want to get involved in it uh, it's mostly commercial ripping people off of their money and and all of that and so so obviously this is a different scenario similar but different in the sense that there's some medical care but but I would you know she she probably thinks it's funny maybe it was a gift that's important you know it could be there could be a lot of reasons for it um, and then if in her explanation of how she cares or yeah, you know, before every patient I go in and I, I work up a potion or whatever, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. whatever she yeah. answers, then you could say, well, yeah. I really appreciate you. Um, I really appreciate you caring for my son. And then you can ask the question with my son, can you please not be involved in any of that weird stuff and just use your medical expertise or like you can even, cause for example, when we go to a mechanic, um, we, Many of us, I, I actually have a Christian mechanic, but there were times when I didn't. I don't. I don't need a Christian to change my oil. Um, right. You know, a, a non-believer. When I'm looking for a mechanic, I'm looking for somebody that can fix my car. And if he's a believer, like my brother, like the brother, you know, I, I go to the brother that's on Grace FM. Um, if it's a believer, great. Then we have a connection, and we know the money's going to go to the kingdom of God. But if it's an unbeliever, then it's an opportunity to um, to. To share the gospel and to minister to someone that's in the world, um, and then of course the lines drawn is you, if she's into that kind of stuff and it and it pricks your conscience, then you just have to find another natural doctor. There's plenty of them uh, that wouldn't go that far, but until you talk to her, you won't know. Okay. Okay. And, All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, that helps a lot. And you know, if it's something too where your son sees it or you have to explain it, it's okay to explain it. And, you know, and, and actually give a good answer. It, that's kind of a weird picture. And, and uh, you, you know, we know witchcraft is real, son, and it's demonic. And uh, the Bible speaks about that, and we're supposed to avoid it. Um, but, but avoid participating in it. We can't leave the world. So we're going to see pictures like that. You know, so it becomes a discipleship opportunity for our kids, too. Okay. That's a good question. I, I'm, yeah. I think a lot of people listening in... Are get are also going to be helped by your question because we and again let me be careful I don't hear this in you but for the sake of people listening believers have a tendency to flip out and overreact and actually miss the step that you're taking right now to say wait a minute I'm not sure about this how can I be sure about it um, yeah and 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 that's building a relationship with somebody. And let's just say okay. she's full-blown uh, out-of-control witch. Let's just say mm -hmm. that's what the worst-case scenario. Well, now you have two opportunities, right? Number one, you're going to find another doctor 
because that, okay. that's truly not something you want your son to be involved in. And there are many yeah. others that wouldn't be. But you also now have an opportunity to minister to this. God put you in her life. And, mm-hmm. and so let's say you find out the worst. Well, now, you, now, the, now you'll be challenged that to, say, to say, okay, well, that's something I don't agree with. I wonder if you'd be willing to have a cup of coffee with me and let's talk about it. You know, like, like you have the opportunity to step into her life if it's the worst case scenario. Um, but, but a lot of people, they just, they just stomp their feet and I can't believe this and, and they miss the opportunities. Okay. So there's many options. I, I've been trying to teach our church and, 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 and of course my kids, my family, like it's, it doesn't, it's not always either or sometimes it's both, you know, sometimes it's again, if, even if, like I said, I, I don't think it's the worst case scenario, but even if it is, you say, well, then I got to leave. Yes, you do. But you also get the chance to stay, just not care for your kid. You're not going to be under her care, but you can befriend a person to build a bridge and share the God. Who knows what God wants to do? I mean, you sound like you have a very kind personality. You sound like you're, you're able to be reasonable. You could be the person that God ordained to really help her to add to her life. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely do some study on that. So the next time I go in there, I'll I'll be sure to know what to say in the right way. I I, I hate um, I just would hate to miss that opportunity to speak to her and say things that could uh, maybe be well, beneficial and, to her or plant seeds. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, you go in and you say thank you for the care of my son. Uh, I really like what you're doing. We're really glad that God brought us here and, you know, let her answer and say, but, but I was waiting. I, I'm, I'm a little challenged and she might, and, and without even giving it away, you know, but I, I, you know, I'm a little challenged by what I see. Uh, And she goes, what do you mean? What do you see? Well, do you have a picture in the, in the room there that, that concerns me because, uh, I don't, I don't really want witches influencing my kids. Mm-hmm. And that way you're staying away from her at this point. You're not accusing her of anything. You're not. You're just pointing out something uh, external, and okay. and then giving her a chance to answer. You know, it's like, hey, I, I, I'm a student of the Bible, and you know, witchcraft is clearly condemned in the Bible, and 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 so here I am. I'm in the waiting room, or I'm there, and I see this picture. And I have to explain it to my son, you know, and you're just being generic and giving her a chance to answer without accusing her of anything. And who knows? Her answer okay. could be, oh, yeah, you know, I took this office over and and um, that was on it when I took over or whatever. It could be something totally benign. And then you say, well, you know, it would. I don't, I'm not sure why you keep it up there because I don't think you're practicing witchcraft. What you've done for my kids has been amazing. I would hate for you to be associated with that kind of, you know, you could, it could okay. be a totally encouraging yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, but, okay, but yeah. What, yeah. Yeah, that that really helps. Uh, what a lot of Christians what a lot of Christians have a tendency to do and you see this on Facebook is I can't believe what kind of doctor are you? You put a witchcraft yeah. on I mean that that's not going to help at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. that, that doesn't go along. I mean but but we can gen, we can disagree agreeably and have a real good conversation about it because remember uh, we can only persuade. We can't change someone's mind. So we want to be as persuasive as we can. We want to be, uh, what did Jesus say? He said we want to be wise as serpents, but what? Gentle as doves. 
Okay. So let me pray for you. Okay. Father, thank you for bringing Kimberly into this office and meeting this doctor. And I, I thank you for the care of this doctor. And like your word says, God, lo- loves hope, love hopes all things. So we hope that it's not as bad as it might seem. Uh, we hope that it's just a picture. And there's some meaning behind it, maybe some special gift or it's tied to some special person in her life. But Lord, even if it's the worst case scenario where um, there's a significant disagreement on where healing comes from, and there's a significant disagreement on honoring God with, a, with, with his healing powers, that we would still have a friend and be able to connect and influence with the power and the love and the mercy and the grace and the truth of your word. And so I pray for Kimberly as she, um, well, you know, first of all, she just has the, the strength and uh, the perseverance to, to care for her son um, with all the diagnoses that she has and, and, and she's received in this rare disorder, Lord, that we've all been born with broken bodies, but her son's body's a little more broken than the rest of us. And we just pray for healing in his, in his body. We know what the doctors have said. Uh, we realize and hear them and respect their training, but we also know that, God, you're the God who heals. You're Jehovah Rapha. And you're the God that can touch, and you're the God that can accelerate the healing process, and you're the God that can can help this kid. Uh, truly, you're the only one that does heal and bring healing. And so we pray that your hand would be upon him, your hand would be upon his mom, and that this new relationship would lead to great, tremendous fruit for 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 all of eternity. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, after our next appointment, I'll be sure to call and tell you how it went. <laughs> I would love to hear it. I would love to hear okay. it. I'm, I'm, I'm confident it's going to go well. Okay. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll keep you updated. Thank you again. Okay, Kimberly. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Stephen's been waiting in Parker, Colorado. Stephen, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, so my question is... How to die to sin. Okay. And that might be a loaded question, but uh, I've heard a couple sermons lately in which people, uh, Pastor Eric Cartier, had uh-huh. said, don't keep strongholds or sin in your life on life support. You need to slay them, um, basically kill them off. And yes. I, I don't understand how to do that. Is there a besetting sin in your life that you are having a hard time dying to? Yeah, there's actually um, three strongholds in my life that have been revealed to me in the last eight weeks. And I have okay. good days and I have bad days. And, so what's uh, one that you can... So that, what's one of those three that you can share on a family-friendly show? Um, so it's uh, a sexual sin... Uh, okay, pornography. Let's pause there. Okay, yes, sir. let's pause there. That's good enough. So, okay. so the the reality of a particular sin like that is the the way that you would take it off life support is you would do whatever it takes to take its access away from your life. For example, um, Jesus would put it this way, and he uses hyperbole. You know, when you when the Bible speaks of dying to sin, it, it die, dying in that case is is a metaphor. Uh, it it speaks of 
of no longer feeding it, like Pastor Eric said. It speaks of what a, what a dead person does. A dead person is not alive to something anymore, doesn't pay attention to it anymore, doesn't uh, breathe life into it. And so, you know, with a sin like that, um, changing your smartphone would be a very good first stop step and going back to a flip phone because now you don't have access to it in your pocket. Uh, putting filters on your computers at home, like 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 even if necessary, cutting off cable, cutting off the internet access until God gives you the the strength to walk in freedom. Because you know the reality is is that you turn to that sin because you want to. That's Absolutely. just the reality of it. And, that's the and truth. while it is yeah. while it is a bondage, uh, it only became a bondage because you presented yourself to it. Remember, Jesus said, "If we present ourselves to sin, we become its slave." And the way Correct. to become free is no longer presenting ourselves to sin. Um, like if one of your sins was alcohol, then I would tell you stay away from the bars. Go to restaurants that don't have a bar in them. If you have alcohol in your house, pour it out. Uh, if you are you know, starting setting up things in your life that will enable you to resist the temptation as you learn to live uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit that's already yours. So while we have all these external things that we might encourage you to do, that's not really where the power is. Where the power to overcome is, is inside of you. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you have already been delivered from this sin. It's already a done deal. The Bible says that you are a new creation in Christ. Old things have uh, passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so this cycle that you're in, and I'm going to assume you're in a cycle of going back to it, feeling really bad, repenting, staying clean for a while, going back to it, feeling really bad, repenting. Have you noticed that in your in your life yet? Yeah, it's it's exhausting to be honest with you. So, so let me suggest something to you that's very important for you to conceive that this cycle it, you not only do you have an issue with the sin itself, but you have been involved in idolatry. It's actually become idolatry, like a legalistic attitude that you have of having this pseudo sense of beating yourself up, living in condemnation. You've chosen to live this cycle instead of live in the cycle of life. Um, for example, um, if do you have a job? Yes. Are you good at it? Yes. Have you had it for years? Yes. And think about where you are today compared to where you were the day you were hired. How did you get so good? And how did you um, get all the raises? And how is it that you were able to hold on to this job for years? Diligence. Yeah, I mean, Constant a whole work. series of things, huh? You got there on yeah. time, you did what you were told, you learned, you grew, you made some mistakes, but, but you, per like you said, there was a perseverance and a steadiness in the same direction. Well, that, in the practical realm, like you see with your job, God does that in the spiritual realm, except that he does it from the inside out. And you and I, we just learn to cooperate. So, so will he ever take the desire for it from me? Or is that has. something I'll have to fight my entire life? He already has taken away from you. You bring it back. For example, okay. um, I have a similar issue in my life with alcohol. Um, I haven't had a drink now in 28 years, but in the seven years prior to me being saved, I drank enough to, for a lifetime. 
and it was getting progressively worse, uh, mixed in with some drug abuse and everything. And and when God, when I was born again, um, my pastor taught me from the Bible that I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, and 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 the access to the power to living in that power is very simple. I believed it, and and so when you start on the simple part and you begin to live your life by faith, like for example, you're on the phone right now. Are you? Do you have anything on your phone that you're looking at while you're talking to me? No. You're living in freedom right now, this moment. And when you hang up, you're going to be living in freedom each time you choose to live in that freedom. And so, I don't want to. I don't want to minimize the fact that 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 particular sin jacks with your head. It does. It messes with your physical brain. It yeah. messes with your physical memory. But God can do a work of cleansing your mind, and walking in freedom because in that particular sin that's I haven't been involved in that in 30 I mean since I was in junior high and high school like that that sin is gone from my life yeah and, well, it was very interesting be- I saw uh, <clears throat> I saw a picture in my head today um, as I was kind of praying about it and the picture was of a cross and the three mm-hmm. strongholds nailed to the cross that's and awesome. I'm just not entirely sure what to do with that. Well, you hold on to it as a promise from God because God gave you a vision of what the crucified life is like and that the death of Jesus Christ has already delivered you from this sin. What's re- what's remaining is for you to walk by faith in the delivering power of God. But you've got into this cycle, and actually this cycle is it, you're comfortable in the cycle. Because you, yeah. you, yeah, yeah. And there's a piece of it where it, it separating the sin you're 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 involved in, the the condemnation you're you're putting upon yourself, the the way that you beat yourself up, the way that that's all idolatry. You're just taking the place of God because God has forgiven you, and He loves you. And so we we cling to our idols like a little you know. In our church, we have a nursery, and. I'm telling you, some of those babies have supernatural power. Man, they start holding onto a toy, and you can't get it out of their hands. Uh, they are so strong, and and that's how we can be. I've seen many believers the same way, where you're just holding on, and it's actually sometimes it's not even the the actual sin; it's our response to the sin that actually pushes us away from the grace of God. Like it's not God's heart to condemn you. Jesus said He didn't come to condemn, but to save and rescue. And if you believe that God saved you of your sins, that same faith is going to enable you to live in the power of God that rests in you. Okay. So I'm going to pray with you, and I, 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 I want you, to, I want you to, to take Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I want you to memorize it. Okay. It's a great passage of Scripture speaking of the power of God as as he it's one of the first it's not the first but one of the first scriptures i ever memorized it says i have been crucified with christ it's no longer i who live but christ lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me and then call me back in a couple weeks and let's talk about how your weeks have been okay i will do that 
Father, I pray for my friend. I know that um, you're working in his life. I know that uh, he is rejoicing even now that he's walking in freedom, being on the phone. And now, God, I pray for that continued supply of faith in his life, that he might live moment by moment, day by day, abiding in you. The very key to bearing great fruit in our lives is the abiding life, the crucified life, the abundant life that's ours by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. Hear you in a couple weeks, Stephen. Call me back. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we're coming up on the first half of the uh, program, the break of the first half. Uh, Glad you've chosen to join us today. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, If you want to text, you can. I know we pretty much stay full on phone calls, but text me at 720-336-0897. My name is Ed Taylor, pastor of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Calvary Live, the second half of today's program. You guys listening on Hope FM and Truth FM and uh, in California, we want you to know that you're listening to this broadcast with a one-week delay. Now, the program itself is live. It's broadcast live all throughout Colorado, Nebraska, and Wyoming. Uh, and so when you hear the show on your station, you can call during that time, and you will reach someone live hosting, answer your question. You just won't hear it on the radio until the following week. But you guys up and down the front range in Colorado and listening on gracefm.com on the app, listening live, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to line one is Bianca in Aurora, Colorado. Bianca, welcome to the program. Hey, Bianca, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Hey, you're on the air. Well, I have a question. I was having a conversation with some people last Sunday, and we were talking about Genesis 1, that verse where the Lord said to be fruitful and multiply or whatever it is. Yes. But I'm just kind of curious, is there a point where you can overpopulate the earth? I mean, does the Bible say anything about that at all? I mean, I know that. Or is that just a man-made thing? You know, the Bible doesn't speak about overpopulation of the earth. It's something that is very popular in our culture, but it's not a biblical... uh, There's no prohibition about overpopulation, and you, we can travel. I've I've had the privilege of traveling all over the country and around the world, and the population. I, I don't know what the percentage is, but the amount of people living in a particular area um, does not exceed a certain percentage of the entire globe. <laughs> it would be it would be very challenging and difficult to overpopulate um, the world. Um, there are there are strains and stresses, of course, in different places with. Um, 
you know, with supply and demand of food stuff and, and things like that, but not, not the physical land or the ability for man to take care of himself. It's I it's mean, a, even with this law that I don't know if they still have in China, right? So, I mean, by the government telling you you can only have one child, I mean, that right Yeah, it's, it's not there a biblical is, thing. Yep. It's, it's definitely not a not, biblical thing, Bianca. Not a, not going according to God's will. Yeah, he never puts a limitation. He never puts a warning to man that be careful, you're going to overpopulate the earth. There's there's not a warning in the Bible like that. All right. Well, that helps a lot. I. It's interesting how these subjects come up, but I do have a prayer request. Um. I am going to be going to an event where there's going to be a lot, mostly unbelievers, I guess, and and I just want prayer that the Lord would use me as these are the people I'm most passionate about reaching. Well, let's do that. Let me pray for you. Let me before I pray for you though, I just saw I just I have some statistics to share about population. So uh, there's about seven billion people on the earth today with a B billion. And the state of Texas has seven point five trillion square feet of land just in the state of Texas. And so that theoretically then every person alive today could fit and live inside the state of Texas with 1,056 square feet of living space hmm. or 4,224 square feet of living space for a family of four. Wow. Um, and, and so, the, again, the, the reality of resources, food and water and stuff, that's, that, that, that's always a challenge. But, again, from the world going from 1 billion to 2 to 3 to 5 to 7 the resources are still we're still throwing food away um still th- wasting resources where you know most of the things that have been provided to us have been corrupted by sinful behavior mm-hmm. and greed uh and taking advantage you know and just destroying um this 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 world because of the sin of man really wow so anyway, I thought that to put it in a perspective, that's a perspective. Um, so, Father, I pray for Bianca. Uh, I know that you have used her in tremendous ways, and and I know this party will be no different. And I pray that you would enable her to communicate uh, in a way that is bridge building, and that you would use her personality and her ability to communicate and and talk and have really good conversations uh, that you would give her a couple really good conversations at this party and uh, that and although that although the many many uh, people there will be um, <clears throat> will, will not be saved um, they could be and so you could use Bianca in the place of drawing them even closer to a place of conviction uh, and submission uh, to you Lord in Jesus name amen amen well thanks a lot all right, let us know how it goes, Bianca. It was good to, good right. to connect with you. 
people were asking about you. They said, man, we haven't heard Bianca. Uh, as a matter of fact, even after service last night, um, somebody was talking about you. And I said, yeah, and she was sitting right here today. She was at service. Uh, and so when they don't hear you on the radio, people are concerned that you're okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm definitely praying for the radio station because Thank you. I don't know why, but I sense that in these next few months, maybe this coming year, there's going to be a great spiritual attack and I just really believe we need to be praying for the station because the enemy is going to want to do anything in his power, but of course he won't win. Well, the I have to say, the devil thinks that he, he owns the airwaves because there's a title in the Bible that says he's the prince of the power of the air. And yeah. We turn this Saturday, as a matter of fact, this Saturday, Grace FM turns eight years old. Wow. It has been eight years of spiritual warfare, and we're not backing down. Yeah, and even those eight years, because I remember the exact, well, not the exact date itself, but I remember the time when the station first got on the air, and let me tell you, I know I was in high school at the time, and yes, I was just having a really hard time, and I was just glad when Grace FM finally got on the air, because that particular time was just one of the most difficult seasons of my life. Well, well, we're grateful that uh, we are grateful that we are a part of your life, but we're more grateful that you're a part of our life. Yeah. Well, God bless. Talk to you next time. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's move on to Ben in Aurora, Colorado. Ben, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Hey, I just wanted to uh, offer a little bit of encouragement for the gentleman that you're talking with and, and anybody who may be struggling with pornography. Um, back when I was uh, a, a young man, I had a terrible, terrible struggle with that. And um, one of the key things that really set me free, I, I made a commitment to myself that whenever a thought would come to my mind that I would uh, read or recite a, a Bible verse. And within about a month, uh, God completely set me free from that, 100% free ever since, and that was mm-hmm. like back in 1986. And it, it takes a, a firm commitment to press into God, to spend time in His Word, to allow God's Word to wash over your mind, but it can absolutely be done, and God can give you complete freedom. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that it's, you know, the bridge, the bridge in these besetting sins in our lives is faith and yeah. accessing all that God has given. To, it's like the key that opens up the floodgate of enjoyment. Like, it's all ours. Um, it's God has given to us all things richly to enjoy. We have all that we need pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's just a matter of accessing uh, and enjoying it. And one of the enjoyments is to be live a life of deliverance from sin. Yeah, 
Yes, and it's huge joy and satisfaction to live that life with Christ. And I think a phone call like um, like it was made today uh, by Stephen uh, is is a huge step, um, and and it's evidence. And I hope he sees this. I don't think I I addressed it with him, but I hope he sees the phone call that he made is evidence of not only his willingness to be free but the very indwelling of the Spirit in his life. It's like a really cool confirmation. Even though he may not feel like he has the power, that's when faith overcomes our feelings and we walk as if it's true, because that's faith. That's right. That's right, and God is at work. Yes, he is. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Pastor Ed. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Hey, uh, Stephen, I did want to let you know uh, that here at Calvary in, uh, in Aurora... We have a ministry called Pure Life, and and it's specifically for men in your situation. The next class starts January 22nd. You'll have to call the church. It's by um, personal sign-up only. Uh, You have to deal directly with the pastor. Pastor Micah oversees that. Uh, You have to deal with him directly, and uh, you can. Just call the church uh, and uh, either leave him a message, or if he's in the office, you can connect with him and Pure Life Ministry. And there's a book, if you go to Amazon, it's called Pure Life, uh, is the resource that we use. And it's just a way to walk alongside of you, teaching and training how to walk by faith. 303-690-3000 is the number. Pamela is calling from Inglewood, Colorado. Pamela, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm a little confused about... Uh, clean, unclean and clean foods, uh, what we're okay. able to eat, because I watched a program, not a program, but a pastor teach on this, and um, and I know, you know, there was unclean food in the Old Testament that we, people yes. were forbidden to eat, and then yes. I also remember, you know, hearing about Peter on the roof where God, you know, sent down this vision of all these unclean yes. animals, uh, saying, you know, don't you know, telling telling Peter, you know, don't um, say what say what I've made clean unclean. But that does that mean that was talking about the people, right? The Gentiles. Um, it, it was an illustration that God used with Peter. But let's let's step back for a second and say, first of all, I'm sorry that uh, you encountered a pastor that confused you on something that's extremely simple. And, well, and, I thought it was it simple been, until I saw that. So thank yeah, you. I was going to say it. Probably, I was just going to say it was probably simple before this guy stumbled you. And yes. in the new covenant, you can eat whatever you want. Okay. The I, old covenant dietary restrictions were specific to the people living under the old covenant. Okay. And the purpose of the laws considering food were not only uh, to help them with with keep because to keep them healthy but it was also to make them a distinct people from the pagans and, okay but jesus declared in mark chapter 7 that all foods are clean okay let me read it to you mark 7 and it's unfortunate that you know whoever you were listening to has made a big deal out of this because if you're in the new covenant you can eat anything jesus said this in mark 7:18 and thus you're without understanding also do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from the outside cannot defile him? Because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods. He said, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. 
Okay. And that's what I remember, but he really confused me. So I I would add, I do believe there is one restriction on food, but it's not like the old covenant restriction where specific foods were yes and no. The restriction Mm -hmm. in the new covenant is one out of love. Not everybody, not every believer, specifically Jewish believers, are able to immediately, um, you know, I was going to say stomach. That's no pun intended. (laughs) They're not immediately uh, able to accept this truth. And so we want to be careful, according to Romans chapter 14, with our weaker brother. But Mm -hmm. living in the new covenant by the blood of Jesus Christ, you can eat anything you want. Okay, okay. Not that I eat a lot of dirty foods, <laughs> but but I do eat pork, and you know that was one of the things that I was confused about. But yeah, if you I'm know, around I... a believer that doesn't eat, say, beef, then you know I don't want to, out of love, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Yes, right. I agree. Okay, okay. I, and I think I think you should take that pastor that you've been watching and never watch him again. I won't. <laughs> he made something super simple complicated in order to draw followers after himself. Yes, That's and he's just... a vegetarian, too. <laughs> so, and, now, um, and let's speak to that just for a him. second. You know, let's speak to, just because uh, I think this is important for, for, for balance sake, just because we can eat anything doesn't mean we should. Correct. You know, there are Correct. certainly things that are more healthy for us than others, and mm-hmm. if a person wants to eat a vegetarian diet... Um, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. We right. we aren't to judge the person that can eat meat, that wants to eat meat. We're not to judge the person that's a vegetarian. And we can make a, a good, solid point that eating a certain way is more healthy than eating another way, but mm-hmm. that's not a biblical point. Okay. It's not a religious point. It's, it's not... Um, it's not offensive it's not to God. Th- yeah, right. that would make you more spiritual or make you a sinful... You know, the, the things around food that are obviously sinful is when we don't share with others, uh, when mm-hmm. we're gluttons. Like, mm-hmm. there are some things that can be, and, and if we're stumbling others with wh- what we're eating, you know, that, that. But, but the idea of one person wants to eat vegetables and one person wants to eat meat, um, that's, that's it, it's, not a, it's not a spiritual life issue. It's a personal okay. preference issue uh, that... Okay don't want to twist the Bible around to say this is the best way or the only way. Um, but people that eat okay. vegetarian, very healthy people. Um, mm-hmm. yep. People that eat meat, very healthy people. I mean, it's, we, we, all, we all have to make those choices. And, and I know personally, so I, I, one last thing, I know that previously in my life, um, even as a pastor, I, I wasn't mindful of what I was eating. And mm-hmm. I wasn't mindful of caring for my body. I would actually, I I worked with a few young guys that were always working out and I would say, oh, you know, I'd use that verse in the Bible uh, when they're working out and I'm eating. uh, I'd say bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness (laughs) for all things, you know, and, but, but the reality is, is body exercise is good and and being careful, you know, having dinner of Reese's peanut butter. You know what my breakfast used to be on Sunday mornings? I'd have Diet Coke and Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, you know, did that make wow. me a bad believer? Probably not, no, but it showed. No, it sh- I, but it did show lack of self control in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and there were a few brothers in the church besides the Spirit of God that was just really hounding me and saying, "Ed, 
Uh, and every every time you read a pastor book too, there's always a chapter. Um, you know, where books written to pastors in particular, there's always mm-hmm. a chapter about staying healthy so you can serve God more faithfully. Amen. And Amen. So I've changed that. my habits completely in the last um, seven years. It's uh, radically changed, and I dropped a lot of weight too because I just wasn't taking care of myself. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad that I'm glad that you're taking care of yourself for our sake <laughs> and for the well, sake of the, the Lord. Lord. <laughs> praise yeah. God. Thank well, you, Pastor. God bless you and your family. For the call. All righty, okay. bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Shane in Colorado Springs, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, brother? Good, man. What's up? Uh, so I have a question. Of I'll state the question. And I'll give the instance where it came up. Um, okay. so the question is, where do you draw the line of your faith ending and your testing God starting? Yeah. Because for me, like, for instance, a couple days ago, I was up on a ladder working, and I was about a foot short of being able to reach something that I needed to do. And I had a thought in my mind, I'm like, God can hold me up. There's no, no reason why he couldn't. And so we're... And I've talked to several people about that, and they say, well, that's testing God, just like when the devil took Jesus up to the temple point and said, hey, jump off. Your father told you, if you're really God, that the angels yes. will protect you and you won't stub your toe. So, Well, it's a, it's I, a good question. I think a lot of people um, ask it, and, <clears throat> and I think the bridge, between, the bridge between faith and presumption is wisdom. It's God-given wisdom. So let me let me give you the scenario a different way. <clears throat> um, let's say that in your latter illustration, you were actually three feet off. Would you have thought the same thing? Yeah. Ten feet? Yeah. I, I don't believe you would, and I'll tell you why. You used a ladder. Yes. So wisdom told you at the very beginning that you needed a ladder and you needed it for a specific purpose. So the illustration that you gave, I would put in the category of presumption. Otherwise, you would have just stood on the ground and waited for God to bring you up 10 feet. That would have been faith. So yeah. can you see the difference? It's wisdom. I'll give you another I, example. Okay. Okay. Uh, was was you were you doing this for work? Was this a work thing? Yes, sir. Okay, so so let's say this. Let's let's take it step up back and say you wake up tomorrow morning uh, and you say uh, God can provide all of my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. I I just I'm, I'm not going to go to work anymore. I'm just going to wait here for God to deposit the money in the bank account. What would you well, say? Would you say that's presumption? No, I say that would be a sin because God also says he who doesn't eat doesn't, or he who doesn't work doesn't eat. Right. So you're now you're taking. So I'm I'm glad that you're doing this. You're taking biblical truth and filling in the gaps. And I believe that wisdom is built by gaining biblical truth. And when you stand on a ladder and and have one one foot or two foot or four foot or five foot, and you have that errant that quick thought. You know, if God wanted to, he could hold me up. Uh, that's, But you're standing on a ladder. That tells me there's a disconnect in your mind. Because if you really, if it was really faith, 
you would have never used a ladder to begin with. Because if God can do one foot, then he can do 10 feet. But what he's done is he has allowed us to be limited by gravity and given us understanding and wisdom, I mean, you could call it whatever you want, to use a ladder and to live within the limitations of that ladder. Okay, so you it's would say kind thing. of it would be as long as we're not defying the laws that God in, put into place, like the laws of gravity or the laws of physics and that kind of stuff, then that's when it would be faith and not testing. Well, I wouldn't go so far to that because I, then that would kind of limit it for, because I'm not a super guy with science or physics, so I don't quite understand all of that stuff. So I would even drop it down a notch and say, look, you're standing on a ladder you have the understanding, you know, to the level of your understanding that the reality of what's needed is a bigger ladder. That's what's needed. Correct. And so in order not to go down 10 rungs and go get another ladder or have to go back to the shop, get a bigger, you know, well, you know, if God wanted, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to stretch out an extra foot here. And if he wanted to save me, he would. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't ring true to the leading of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't ring true to the reality of the wisdom that you've used thus far. Um, I know that God does miraculous things that are outside our understanding. His ways are not our ways. But he also allows us to live our lives in a way where we're responsive to the knowledge that we have. And, and so the way that you describe that scenario is, um, is the is telling me that by the very fact that you use the ladder, you know that you need it. Because if you really believe that God would give you that extra feet, you would have never used the ladder. Okay, so it would be along the lines of... So where I, I'm still trying to figure out where you would draw, how you would draw the line with another, like, with other situations, how to apply it to other situations. Because like, well, it's going to be different, you know. Like, you, so we use the work one. You, you don't even, you don't need to to bridge the gap with with your wisdom or your collected knowledge. There's a Bible verse that says, "Go, go work." Right. That's the Bible says to work. So it yeah. would be presumption, a hundred percent presumption, wouldn't it? Because not only you're going against wisdom, but you're going against biblical truth. Not only would sure. it be lack of faith, but it would be a true sin. Um, not to be. So sometimes presumption is actually in the realm of sinful behavior. So all sinful behavior, you know, is not faith. Correct. Um, and, so. and so it's hard to, it's hard to answer your question on every scenario because as we're, as we're praying, you know, we're, uh, here's a verse, here's a section of scripture that I like to use. Let's see, I think we have enough time here. These are things that I like to use uh, when it relates to stepping out in faith. It's in Colossians. Uh, let's see here. Which, by the way, if you're still listening, uh, yep. Colossians chapter 2, um, the sister that called in earlier about foods, that's another great passage. Colossians chapter 2 that tells us you can eat anything you want. Um, but, uh, let's see, I think it's in the end of chapter 1. Just some things that help me to step out in faith. Um, you know, is is God opening or closing doors, uh, is he, uh, has he forbidden it in his scriptures? Um, and I can't find the passage right now because I, I don't okay. have my Bible. 
I'll, I'll look into it when I get home. Um, but here's here's another little scenario because my wife and I are praying about this and how would it work because you and that man your phone's breaking out try oh, one more time sorry yeah the widow when she heard the pennies worth and the other guy gave a thousand dollars yes how would that go about if like right now I can't afford to cover all my bills and put food in the fridge and stuff, but I feel God's yes. telling me to tithe, but yet I can't even make my house payment and stuff, and so do I just step out in faith and hand in the three, $400 check that I feel he's telling me to give, and then this just is a, this is a great question. for him We're to run- provide for my bills? We're running out of time. I, I, I would rather, if you call back next week, I'd, re- I'd like to talk to you about this, because one of the things that's included in this scenario you just described is changing your lifestyle. Yes. Because it, it seems like God always always gets the short end of the stick and we don't give anymore. I think that there are other options than just the ones you have before you and that you and your wife should be in agreement to give as God purposed in your heart. Yes. And that's a simple 30-second answer, but it's it's actually a good question to talk about. Um, but we're 30 seconds out. So let me give you the scripture. Yep. It's uh, Colossians chapter 2, or excuse me, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. 3, um, 12 through 17. You know, um, is it done in love? Um, do you have the peace of God in your heart? Uh, does it develop worship? Does it glorify God? Um, there's a whole list of things. It's a great passage of scripture to help us walk in the godly wisdom. But I'm okay. sorry, bro. Call me no, back next good. week. I'd like to talk about that second question. What a show. Love you guys. So grateful. I want you to know that you're loved and that God has sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you. You you are family. We're the family of God, and I appreciate you being a part. Go to gracefm.com. Give us a year-end donation, would you? Let's the gospel run for you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.